Why not? A queer podcast. Hi, everybody. I'm Rick Todd. And I'm Jeremy Williams, and you're listening to Wine. Why not? A queer podcast. Oh, that was my line. Episode <laughs> 39. Yes. Look at that. You know what? It's all right, because we're off a little bit this week, because it's not Wine, Why Not week. It is White Claw, White Claw Not week. We're trying out all kinds of new shit today. So here we'll. Ooh, we come with sound effects. You're you're either about to drink a white claw or eat three tennis balls. <laughs> the sounds of ASMR. <laughs> I'm very uncomfortable right now. Why are you? Uh, why, why are you drinking white claw on that one? All right. So today, first, several reasons. First, we're recording earlier. A little bit earlier now. <laughs> we had planned on to record a lot earlier, so I was going more of a mimosa e route than wine, because wine is really an evening drink. Um, but uh, also, we were very busy this morning. We rushed right over here to do the podcast, and I was grabbing lunch at my house, and I had no wine left at my house because I finished it off. So I said, "Oh God, what do I bring? What do I bring?" I had two white claws left in my refrigerator, so I was like, "That's what we're doing." So we're having a sparkly little white claw wine spritzer. How is white claw? You enjoy it? I do. Um, way back in the 90s, when I first got drunk, the first time I ever got drunk, it was on Zima. Uh, my brother and his girlfriend came over to the house, and she had brought Zimas. And I had had a couple of Zimas and got crazy. So it do- it throws me back to Zima days. Is that is it, is that White Claw's origin story? Uh, yes. Zima? Is, it, is basically Zima's unflavored White Claw? Yeah, basically, basically. Although Zima really, you've had, you have, ooh, have you had, you've had Zimas, yeah? I don't think so. They taste like Sprite. They're, I really dug them. I'm sorry that they don't make them anymore. I don't know, that's not what I, I, I've not heard good things about Zima. That's probably why I never tried it. Haters gonna hate. In fact, I have a friend who went to, um, who went to a bar, who went to a bar and asked for Zima. Or they said, I have Zima. And they're like, we don't have Zima. And they said, what's the closest thing you have? And he brought her a bottle of water. <laughs> that's just hateful because first of all it's fizzy so he should have brought her sparkling water <clears throat> but uh yeah sorry i got caught reading i don't how dare you we have we have several guests in the yes. studio with us today yeah, we do because we were we were attempting to video record this one of these days that's gonna work out well, uh, it just hasn't today so we just told everybody that was helping just stay yeah. Look up things. Show them to us. I'm taking it. Uh, you were shown a picture of Zima? I was. And then I got caught reading about Zima. But I didn't really know what I was looking for. So I just stopped talking and stared at it. Nice. Which nice. I hear is great podcast. Yeah. Also, what Zima does to you. <laughs> you get three Zimas in you. just stare at screens. You say nothing. Is it, so they put ketamine in it? Yes. I don't know what. It's the 90s, baby. They put everything <laughs> in it. Um, yeah. No. I, it's. I, I guess '90s were a big drug era, weren't they? It was because it, it was like ecstasy, ecstasy, and, and um, cocaine weed. holdovers from the '80s. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, pills, pills, pills of all shapes and sizes. Pills were a Lucky big charms. deal in like the '70s, weren't they? They got their start in the '70s. The pills in the drug community is like share. It hits every decade, and there's at least one good hit. <laughs> <laughs> Put that on a t-shirt. Um, yeah, so Zima, uh, drinking that uh, that evening, I learned, because my brother was drinking beer, 
I learned that if I have too much Zima, I am the life of the party, according to my uh, then brother's girlfriend, who became his wife and is now his ex-wife. And according to her, when he drinks too much beer, he becomes depressed and angry. I don't remember him being that angry, but they got in a huge fight. And she's like, beer makes you mean. <laughs> Did he then say, no, dear, you make me mean. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what he said. I was hopped up on Zima. Yeah, it's too bad we're not recording. We just... We should do this. We should like ambush interview people. Like we're talking about him right now. And we should find just out. call him. No, just send him a link. Don't tell him what it is. And then it'll he'll click the link and he'll be on there with us. I love it. We'll just ask questions. I love it. Why didn't your marriage work out? <laughs> no, it was it the beer it or, the, or the wife? What did it? It was the Zima. It's always the Zima. I've been told that beer ruined several of my relationships. Yeah. But that's probably true. But one particular type of beer. Good old Michelo Boltra. I remember. They used to laugh at me at the bar because I would get drunk, <laughs> obviously. That's what alcoholics do. I would get drunk and then I would ask for a Mick Ultra Light. A Mick Ultra Light? And they were like, I'm sorry, but it only can go down so much in calories. <laughs> it's just a Mick Ultra. Uh, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um,. So we're we're we we had uh, an event we went to today. So if if we seem a little off and we're all hopped up on white claw and caffeine, it's because we are. I'm drinking caffeine yes. for the first time in. A while. Um, but we had a busy morning and uh, we're running a little uh, off script because we got ready this morning or this afternoon and we don't have a script, so we're winging it. We're gonna do it like our like our hero. Ooh, your hero. <laughs> Do not throw me in that basket of I deplorables. I forgot his name already. Bill Maher. No. O'Reilly. Bill- uh, same difference. No, I'm just kidding. Bill Maher, Bill O'Reilly, Bill Cosby. Which is the worst Bill? <laughs> Play Mary Fuck Kill with us three. <laughs> uh, kill all three and drink some Zima. So anyway, one of our, being in the news industry, one of our... That was a joke, by the way. I did not, I'm encouraging no one to kill anyone named Bill. No. Um, But being in the news industry, one of our favorite uh, memes to pass around is the, the we'll do it live. The Bill O'Reilly, we'll do it live. Uh, What show is it? Uh, Current Affair. Yeah. We were doing Current Affair at the time, Uh, which for those who have no idea what we're talking about, was a television tabloid. Um, was a television tabloid show back in uh, the 80s and 90s. And that's where he got his start. And there's a video going around of him screaming, we'll do it live, because I hear his anchorages. <laughs> so, Will, uh, we should probably get to talking, because you're about three quarters of that white can, that white claw can, and I don't want you to run out before we're done. Good call. So, um, let's just jump in. We did a lot of things this week together. Busy, busy Very week. busy yes. week together. Uh, but did you do anything outside of any of that? That's any fun? Um, yeah, yeah, hung out with some friends, um, didn't really do anything exciting, just, just hung out and caught up, um, work and adulting, and, uh, I have some friends who recently had children, and who've had, have had children for several years, so just catching up, um, life gets in the way, so you realize that you haven't seen friends in so long, so just played a lot of catch up. What is this thing called Friends? I thought it was just a show on TV. It is. A show of TVs of your heart to your friends. Um, so yeah, that was outside of what you and I did, and we'll talk about what we did. Um, it was just playing a lot of catch up. Um, got some things cleaned up around the house um, uh, with Pride coming up. 
come out with Pride is coming up this weekend, so we're going to be very busy this weekend. So I wanted to get some things done around the house, got the yard done. Um, we had uh, an issue again with the air conditioner. Anybody who is a regular listener knows <laughs> that I am infuriated with my AC. So it, we were ha- it was a flood. We went around the garage and uh, the entire garage was flooded. And it was coming from the AC. And I remember screaming up to the sky. My brother was there. And I said, I don't want to live in this house anymore. This AC sucks. And I was texting with our other roommate, Chris. And I said, I don't want to live here. And he has this this thing about us that um, he thinks I am happy nowhere, that I will always find something to complain about where I live. So I texted him. I said, I hate it here. This AC sucks. And he wrote back, I knew there was going to be something you hated about this house. Oh my God, you're like Jerry Seinfeld and his girlfriend. Like you find one thing and you're like, I can't. Well, I think the AC is a big deal in Florida. So um, doing a little research and going through some of the paperwork that we got when we first moved in, um, there was a sheet of, because it's a very, we live in a very humid and hot climate, um, you're supposed to flush out your AC or you'll get backed up and it'll flood. So we watched some YouTube videos and uh, we figured out how to do that. So we had uh, one of those uh, wet dry vacs uh, that does the sucking and the blowing. So we tried sucking from one end first and that wasn't working. So we went to the other end and we blew the other end. And you watch Tosh.0. <laughs> <laughs> All I can think of is the ripping and the tearing. <laughs> so I put the hose over. I said, Joey, I'm going to turn it on. Go out there and let me know if anything comes out. And so I put it on there and I flip it and you hear the blow. And I hear my brother go, oh, God. <laughs> Apparently, a mushy, gelatinous lump of blob shot up out of the, the thing. AC works perfect now. Everything dried up. It is perfect. I, I hear that happens when you blow things really hard. Yeah. Big old, big old money shot outside of the unit. Um, so this like the, this is what happens when we're ill prepared. It's like low hanging fruit. So not that it couldn't get any worse, but um, it just plopped there. And I was like, I'm going to let it dry out and then I'll pick it up because I'm not touching it. It, re- it looked like a blob of some kind, like the, the, the 1960s movie, The Blob. So this weekend I'm mowing the yard and I had forgotten to pick it up. <laughs> and I looked at it as I was approaching with the lawnmower and I said, screw it. And I mowed right over it and shot sludge all over the, it sprinkled it out. I think it works like fertilizer now. It's on the side of the house. It'll you know what fun. I've learned recently? This is very fascinating to me, and I'm sure no one else cares. Uh, my medicine that I get, you know, because I take that shot once a week, yeah. it comes in ice packs. And those ice packs that it comes in just from that, not from, like, the food we order or anything, but just in these shots, it's plant food. And you really? thaw it out, you cut it, you put it on plants. Uh, the Danny um, takes them all and puts them in plants and says that they are incredible plant food fascinating i would read it first before you like douse your yeah. plants and tie you like oh i have an ice pack you know there's it's just an ice pack that's like that gel kind of stuff in it so maybe maybe you'll go back and you'll have like three feet of grass i'm gonna have the most luscious lawn thanks to that um but yeah so that's that was what i did for the most part uh i, I felt manly i mowed some yards and i flushed out some systems and i reassembled an ac unit felt like a man what did you good, do? Good job, Tim, the tool man, Taylor. <laughs> uh, How was your week? It was good. You know, I mean, aside from the things that we did together, I was, I, it's the time of year where the most glorious thing in the world happens. Oh, 
It, the it's, fall. It's a, the bright, crisp air outside. Now, I want you to think about the best thing that ever could happen in your life. And that, mm. it is happening right now. We're about halfway through it. And that's that air supply, the magnificent duo from Australia. Sure. From Australia. Ooh. <laughs> and the little researchers go to work. That was, look, at how, look at my laugh, how loud that was. Sorry about that. But we just, we have a couple of people in here helping us look things up. And when I said, I think it's Australia, like at the same time. They swarmed. Um, so uh, thank you, research team. Um, but anyway, they're my favorite. They're a favorite band. They were the first concert I ever saw uh, when I was little. Um, it was at Astro World uh, in Houston, Texas, where I grew up. And from that moment, I love them. I've owned every album that they've ever done, even the new ones that you're like, they still put out new music? Yeah, yeah, they do. Uh, eight tracks, cassettes, as I like to call them, CDs. I've had Vinyls, both originals yeah. and revivals. Yeah, and I could, I could recite every word to every song on their Greatest Hits album. And go! Okay, no. well, track one. <laughs> you know, if you just say the word love 20 times, you've got 80% of their songs done. Nice. Anyway, they're my favorite. I love them. I, I have an annual pass to Disney because they go to Epcot every year for the Food and Wine Festival. They used to do the garden one, and now they do the food and wine. I guess maybe they like the food better. Maybe. Uh, but I, uh, I'm i a huge fan. I see them every chance I get. If they're within 100 miles of me, I drive to see them. So it's really cool. Now, I will say this, though. I went last night, right? Mm -hmm. And I loved I absolutely loved it. Although, I don't know when it started. God, was it COVID or were people this annoying beforehand? So, like, we, you know, we, we're in our seats. This is the last show. Because they do three shows a day. And, you know, they change up their songs between shows. But some people just do the same, too. But the last show is an extra 15 minutes. And so they do a, a better, like, more songs and stuff like that. It's really cool. So we get really good seats for that. We're sitting in a spot where no one's really in front of us. And it's on an aisle. And right towards like the last, like the last song that they sing is "Making Love Out of Nothing at All," which is probably one of their two biggest hits that they've had. And people just came and stood right in front of us, turning around, taking selfies and all that. Like I got, I had a care in it for a second. I had my my flamingo umbrella and I waved it. I waved it at them like an old man. Hey! And basically, I'll get off my lawn. And they left. I was like, get out of my way, kids! Don't you know this is air supply? <laughs> Right. Live in the which, moment. Which you know. Don't stand in front of me when air supply is on. It's, it's my favorite. I have like this long history with air supply. Whenever something bad is happening, I have to sit in my room and listen to air supply. I'm a huge, huge fan. Um, but what's really cool about going to these concerts is to realize that there are other people who are really big fans of air supply. And they range in age. Like they were sitting next to us were these like two kids in their 20s. And they started playing the piano part that's the beginning of, of making love out of nothing at all and when this guy in his 20s realized what song it was he was like oh my god like he was really excited about it which made me very happy and you like look through and everyone's singing along and there are kids like nine years old and all the way up to you know old people like me uh singing along and it's just really cool i really enjoy it it's great when they're live it's not like this sappy love song kind of stuff they've got a really good band behind them you should check it out. Although um, the what I was going to say earlier is uh, when I saw them last year, the difference between them last year and this year is so it's so much like the way that they appear on stage. And I'm just wondering if this might be the last year they do it. I don't know. 
Maybe they've got something and they're like, hey, when we hit 75, because he's 74 years old. Still hits notes like he's in his 20s, which is great. Um, but like <laughs> when he was talking, he's like, I want to thank you all for coming out. And then he starts singing and it's like this really high pitched voice, which is kind of funny. Anyway, big fan. Love it. In fact, we're recording early because as soon as we're done with this, I'm going, going back, back to watch to them again tonight. That's my life. That sounds awesome. I have no friends, but I have air support. And I will definitely check them out someday. You better hurry up. Maybe at their funerals. <laughs> <laughs> when one of them dies, I'm going to show up at their funeral and be like, hey, this is my first air supply concert. Well, no, I just don't know. Do you, how old is Barry Manilow? By the way, Eight. another genius. I'm going to guess he's 81. 87. He's 80. Hmm. Um, he looks older. But I wonder if they're like... <laughs> I wonder if they're like him and they're just like, we're just going to keep playing until we physically can't play yeah. anymore. Um, or uh, if, gonna or if they're going to hit a number like, hey, when we're 75 years old, we're done. I will never retire. I don't know what I'll be doing when I'm 75, but retiring is how you die. People who retire, they're like, got nothing to live for. Do you know how they met? I always find this fascinating. The Air Supply fellows? Yeah. Was it at a rip? Todd concert? <laughs> I was I was one year old. I think they started in 75. Oh, okay. Yeah, and um, see, look at this. The greatest things that came out of life. 1975. Air Supply, The Rose by Bette Midler, mm. and me. I think there was something else there. But anyway, the... There's a band called the 1975s. I know, and it's so difficult to look up something in the year 1975 because all that crap comes up about that band. I actually uh, like their music. <laughs> I would go see them at Epcot. Um, they were both in a production of Jesus Christ Superstar. And they started oh. talking. And um, so Graham Russell, who writes all the lyrics and music, um, really liked Russell Hitchcock's voice. And so they could be before and after on Wheel of Fortune, Graham Russell Hitchcock. Uh, liked his voice a lot, started writing songs for him to sing, and they've been together ever since. Nice. I know. I like them. Anyway, that's what that, that's what I did separate from you. So we want to go into what the cool things that we got to do yeah. that we promised people we talk about. Yes, let's start with what we did on Saturday because what uh, the issue that you had at Air Supply is an excellent segue into um, some issues. Oh we my had god, on why do people suck? So can we, you not just go to a show and sit there and watch it and enjoy it? Do you have to become part of the show? Yeah. Is that like your job? Because you know somebody in the cast, you're gonna screw squeal like I'm. Yeah. Anyway. So what he's talking about? I'm is... talking about you in the red dress, lady. We went and saw the prom at Theater UCF uh, on Saturday. Um, they are doing, uh, I believe they're doing it for the the whole month. So there's uh, some opportunities to go see it. Um, but for those who aren't familiar, uh, the prom was a Broadway musical. Um, got nominated for a bunch of Tonys. Got turned into a film adaption uh, in 2020 by Ryan Murphy, had Meryl Streep, um, James Corden, if you remember all that drama, uh, Nicole Kidman, and it's about four Broadway stars um, who are trying to improve their image. So uh, in order to not look like narcissists, they go to a small town in Indiana, was it? it was Indiana, yes, right? I believe yeah. it is. And uh, they try to... Um, help a girl who is told she cannot bring her girlfriend to the prom. Um, she's a lesbian, wants to bring her girlfriend to the prom, so they cancel the prom. So these four Broadway stars come into town and um, raise holy hell um, 
and uh, in a very hilarious way. It in music songs. It's a it's a musical, so like you know, it's a uh, glitzy and glamoury. Uh, fantastic show, fantastic. We show. may have talked about the prom when it was on tour at we, Dr. Phillips. Yeah, I think we did. I we think may have. we did. So if you want to know the details of the show, go back to that. Uh, go back to that episode. But this was a local production. And find it yourself. We have no idea which one it was. <laughs> Search. <laughs> Start listening. Um, no, so uh, it's a local production at uh, the University of Central Florida. Um, and I thought that they did a fantastic job. Yeah, it was at times it was difficult to appreciate what they were doing because clearly the person behind us she had a friend just to in get, the show. Just to get through this. She had a friend in the show. And every time that friend came out and danced, she squealed in the highest... Now, <laughs> and we've talked about this, and this really, this just that just did it. Um, we've talked about how I have that thing that's wrong with people where if a sudden loud noise enters my face, um, I get instantly irate. And I was so... I could... I was just on the verge of, like, wanting to turn around and tell her to shut up. And I just, but I, I just like, just breathe through it. And mm-hmm. then I, and I understand that people like to cheer and clap and that's fine. But every time this girl danced in some way, this girl screamed. And then at the end of the show, she keeps yelling, where is she? Where is she? I'm like, oh my God. I was re- like, did you audition and not get in? And so you're trying to pretend like you're in the cast? Yeah. It reminded me, and you watch um, uh, America's Got Talent. Uh, it reminds me like when somebody comes out and they start to sing and they're really good, the audience just goes nuts. I'm like, just shut up and watch the show. Applaud and scream at the end. Let them perform. As the kids say, let them cook. Do you know what? Um, (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for watching TikTok. Um, You know what it reminds me of is, and I'm so not this person that would enjoy this, but because I went to see a free concert Cindy Lauper did decades ago in downtown Orlando, back when Church Street was still a really popping place and they used to shut it down and do big concerts there. Um, and somebody, one person, was standing up on their seat dancing and obstructing the view of a lot of people who waited hours to get mm. in to go see the show, even though the show was free. I mean, but you had to, we had to wait hours to get the tickets at this location on Lee Road and then drive to this place and wait hours to get in there. And so people were just annoyed with this guy. So they complained to security to have him sit down. And he sat down. And Cindy Lauper stopped her show and yelled at the security guard for telling yeah. him to sit down, just like Adele recently. I was going to say, did you see the Adele? Yeah. One? I, when I saw that, and that kid's standing and he's screaming, he's like, Adele! And the old people are coming and like, son, could you just sit down? We, get, we all enjoy the show. And then she got Adele got mad at the security and the old people. I'm like, no, Adele, unless you want to charge $19 for your ticket, I'm not spending $300 so one of your spazzy fans can scream at the top of his lungs. I will tell him to sit down, and if you yell at me from the stage, I'll tell you to shut the hell up. (laughs) I am anti-Adele. You know, um, I also feel that way, but I wouldn't say that. But I feel like... I think I may have told you this uh, before. When I lived in New York, Jen and I went to Westbury, New York to see Air Supply uh, at a concert. And it was this beautiful theater, this whole orchestra. It was theater in the round. And we, like, this is back when we spent every dime we had on alcohol. And so we arrived. We had (laughs) barely any money. And we put it all towards getting wasted. And we took a train out there. And we were drunk. And like screaming like air supply, like it was a rock concert. We were like jamming out to it, and people around us would just turn around and smile, and they're like, "Wow, you guys are so loud!" <laughs> <laughs> and so when things like this happen, I have to remind myself that it's just penance for 
it's karma getting me back for it and i just have to let it go and i know the entertainers love it but we don't but yeah if you're at a concert i don't think stage performers if you're watching a broadway show i don't think they enjoy it no they'd like you to shut up and just watch the show oh my god remember when that girl we were with i know she doesn't listen so i can say this when that girl we were with to see take me out whistled <gasps> yes uh jesse williams penis um is that no. his name jesse williams no is it jesse williams is that right why doesn't that sound right anyway it's it, the it's the other jesse not jesse tyler ferguson from uh, from take me out um anyway um but what a magnificent scene but yes but to get back to the show yes i just want to say that i you know because i want to dwell on this i was highly impressed with theater ucf i've seen a couple of things out there it's been a long time uh, but they always have really good quality shows yeah um my only complaint with the show and i think this is more the show than this particular cast i really enjoy the show when the broadway people are on there but when it's just the school kids it's a little too saved by the bell for me kids nothing Han wrong with that hannah montana <laughs> dancing in the the high school it just felt a little cheesy and a little unprofessional as as part of the show it's like i don't care what's happening at school i get that that's part of the story i mean it's called the prom um i am much less interested in this show when those four broadway stars are on it they, the show is definitely um highlighted when they're on you know, I hate it when people say things like this, but I'm going to say it. So I have to tell you, if this makes you roll your eyes, it makes me roll my eyes, too. But I had the privilege of seeing the original cast on Broadway. Oh. <laughs> yeah, congratulations, Rick. Yeah. Oh my you God. could afford to go to New York and see you. it. Original cast. Do you have the first edition of the prom book? <laughs> I, do want, I don't want to harp on the, the, the people behind us, but I do want to say... Um, one hilarious moment of the show is that intermission. You were texting with Jen. <laughs> Don't say the words I well, You commented about the lady behind us. But I looked over, and because we are getting older, the font size on your text messages look like cue cards. And the people in the back row probably saw what you were saying about this girl. That was on purpose. I wanted everyone <laughs> around me to read it. And when she came back for Act 2, she, she was, was quieter. She was quieter. So good for you. Yeah. Also, you gotta you can get a job at SNL because you really know how to jot those uh, cue cards down real fast. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so you were saying you saw this. Oh, original I saw the, the original original on Broadway, and then I saw the tour. And my favorite parts of this were the dance segments because it's just they're so talented, right? And 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 coordinate and just really kind of I'm always impressed by it's a big cast, and when you got a big cast of people dancing and doing different things, it's. It, I'm very impressed by the choreography of shows from time to time. And I just, you know, just want to give a shout out to the kids for, you know, for jumping in there and giving it their all and, and, and doing the dance sequence and everything. It was, I mean, there's a, you could tell there's some people who there's dancing people is not is their, their first, first time dancing. Yeah, yeah. And dancing is not their first language. Yeah. Um, but yeah, extra special shout out um, to the guy who played the principal. Yes. If anybody hasn't told you recently, you look like Maxwell Frost. Um, in a good, that's a good thing. Um, yep. Also, the main gay, the the I, do, I can't remember the names of the leads, um, but the main what was the main gay's name? Glick, no. Glick. Glickman. It was something. Was it Glickman? Where's my cast list? Emma Barry. Barry Glickman. Barry Glickman. There you go. Um, the guy who played him. Fan. And now, 
unlike you, the only time I have seen the prom was the Netflix movie. Oh. And this guy blew... What's Gordon, guy? James Gordon. James Gordon out of the water. Uh, uh, I know that was a terrible place to pause, but I could not remember. <laughs> was like... I couldn't remember his name. He blew James Gordon out of the water. Um, I absolutely love and adore him in this. He is just so delightfully flamboyant. Um, and I, I don't know if he's openly gay, but based on the backlash from the movie, I hope he is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to say this to, about the about the cast and the the Broadway people. You know, it's a this is a college theater production of this show, yeah. and this is what I just this goes to speak to the talent at theater UCF is there were people one that you've mentioned already the principal mm-hmm. and then um, the main like the big name Broadway star Dee Dee. Um, I forgot that they were college students. Yeah. They, I mean, especially Dee Dee. So I, I apologize. I don't know your name, but if you, if you play Dee Dee in theater UCF, congratulations, you did an amazing job. Well, if she is any one of them who also did the Mexico city tour, it's either Anaya, Susanna or Samantha. Are you on the, they took this on tour? I, theater UCF did? I'm just on the, the, the prom uh, Wikipedia page and they have a oh. bunch of tours listed. <laughs> I don't. I don't know which one it is. Um, but yeah, uh, super talented, super talented people over there. I was a little, and we talked about this afterwards, I was a little hesitant to go see the show because I kept thinking, oh, it's a school production. Um, and I kept thinking it was going to be like one of those things you go see like your niece or nephew do like Peter Pan when they're in the sixth grade. But they, this was super professional. Yeah, and, really well uh, done. Su- very talented. Everything people. I've seen there has been really good, which surprises me that they don't have a parking lot for people to park in. Oh, yeah. For those who have been at UCF, um, everything is in the middle of the campus, and then about a half a mile out, they have nine parking garages. And you park in one of those garages, then you walk towards the center. We definitely did not park where we were supposed to. No, no. We parked... Well, it was a Saturday. Nobody yeah. was really on campus, but we parked in a permit parking only here, and we said, "Stick it." We permit. knew we parked in the wrong spot when we were walking, and we saw golf golf carts carrying people mm-hmm. to the thing, and we were not one of those. So. Yes, but anyway, that was really good. Yes, so that was that was Saturday, Saturday. the night before. Um, we went out to the Renaissance Theater, and we saw uh, Nosferatu, which is an immersive vampire experience. Now, if you're like me in theater and you hear the word immersive it normally scares you like yes. like the show we saw at garden theater with um mr peterman mr peterman <laughs> <laughs> yeah and john riley yeah and o'reilly o'reilly and um you think immersive and you think oh my god i have to participate but this was this was the right kind of immersive. Yeah, it's the show happens all around you. So, um, for those who don't know, um, it is going on till November fifth. So you have plenty of. It's- oh, I do it. Can I just say real quick? Yes. The prom is going on till October twenty second. So if you're if you're in Orlando and you oh, want to check it out, week. you got about a week to go check it out. Um, so uh, this is the third year that the Renaissance Theater has done Nosferatu, and it's an immersive where you sit amongst the sets and they the show happens around you. Um, and it's called Nosferatu, and it's the synopsis of the story is loosely based on Dracula, but it's it's like all different type of vampire lore. So like there was Dracula there, um, Queen of the Damned was there. Um, they all, I mean, uh, Vlad the Impaler. All yeah. the different vampire stories were there, and they're it, within this story. They're all like the head of these vampire families, and they come together 
um, at the Renaissance Theater. Uh, <laughs> to... Because Buffy destroyed the portal to hell in Sunnydale. Yes. So they have to come well, here. It's called the Hellmouth. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, you even got the snort, too. Um, but it's it's kind of like a haunted house, but more, and it's like a show, but it's more, it's like a, a blending of a haunted house and interactive And it's kind show. of choose your own adventure, too. Yeah. So, like, I mean, I don't hope they don't get upset at us describing, like, the storyline is this. Um, all of the all of the different folklore of vampires um, come together once every 100 years to decide how they're going to move forward with humanity. Are they going to destroy all humans or are they going to continue live amongst or live amongst them? And they take one representative to, of humanity, let them into their world, and then they observe each other. And then at the end, they, they decide. In that way, it's very interview with the vampires. Right. Yes. And so, but so there's about a 30 minute like scene that you watch. And then when that scene breaks up, you basically, you, you just pick cast members and follow. you follow around. And so it, the show is different every time, depending on who you follow. And there are, everyone has a through line or a storyline. Uh, we made a mistake when we went to go see it. And we just kind of like would walk into a room for a few minutes and walk yeah, we somewhere were just else. Bouncing around. And so we would end up in a lot of dead space, um, <laughs> undead space. <laughs> and, and, and uh, I'm sorry, I just was thinking of that one room we walked in where the guy was playing with baby dolls. And Jen, and there was that thing that looked like it's from the grudge. And Jen went, nope, nope. <laughs> and she started to leave. And I was like, stay. Um, but yeah, so, so you, I, I think if you pick somebody and you stay with them, then you get a whole storyline. It's probably pretty cool. Yeah. It's, but it's a great concept because you should go see it time and time again because it'll be different every time. Yeah, yeah. And get your tickets now because uh, they se- the last two years they sell out every show. Uh, they sold out every show and they're selling out all the shows uh, this year. So it's a um, really, I'm really impressed with the, the concept and who came the, up with it. The sets are amazing. I've been, we've seen quite a few shows at uh, Renaissance Theater. And I didn't realize they had all this space, but it's it's set up like a haunted house. There's different rooms. You go upstairs, downstairs. I mean, when we say different rooms, you're talking about like 15 different spaces yeah. at least. And then there's like this hallway, and it's just so intricate. I I, I don't even. I'm I'm so confused about what this building looked like before this show. Yeah. Like, did they build an entire like apartment complex upstairs <laughs> to, to accommodate this or were, were these always I think rooms there that was there? always an upstairs but i don't think it was utilized and i don't think they use it except for this stuff it might just be storage the rest of the year but i've only ever seen this time this is the only time i've ever seen them use the upstairs porch it's very it's just very cool and yeah. yeah their set budget is got to be outrageous or just the talent of the people who build these sets is yeah. insane so if you've seen the first if you went to the first two years you know that there's a part of the show that takes place in uh it's called the bar the vampire bar um but it's a separate part um this this year so um they take it they take it out and it happens after there's two showings each on the select nights and then there's the v-bar um at uh, after that and they do like a drag show and it continues the story on um and if you're a fan of true blood um i have been told that it's very much like uh in the vein of true blood we are old men so <laughs> we did the show and uh it had, we saw it on friday so we had been at work all day and uh we were not able to hang We've... No, if, if if they do the show on a weekend and they do like a V brunch, we'll totally yes. go to that. Now you can, if you, uh, for instance, like we went and saw the show. If you want to just check out the V bar experience, you can just buy a separate ticket 
and go and just do the V-bar. Uh, so we have I no might... idea what happened to the V-bar. Yeah, so I'm I sure might actually, uh, before the show's done, I might actually pop in on a Saturday when I've had plenty of sleep and just go see the V-bar. Or maybe I'll see the whole thing again and uh, get a new experience. You know, uh, but it's not just, it's, I would say this, it's not just bars for me. If, if I want to see the, the fireworks show at Epcot, I have to get to Epcot at 7. If I get there any earlier, by the time the fireworks come around at 9, I'm going to be like, yeah, I'm tired, I'm going to go. Sometimes, as you get older, it's just, it, the, you, the, you, the earlier you need to go to bed. Sometimes just standing is exhausting. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, but the show is absolutely amazing. It's a cast of 30 people, um, 10 spaces, uh, different rooms and uh, areas. The total uh, length of the show is 90 minutes. I'm reading through the story now with the details. Uh, 90 minutes, 60 of it is the sit-down portion 30 minutes of the walk around, but it felt like it was longer than yeah, 30 it did. minutes we walked around. And it's really, it's really kind of cool. One thing that we have, I don't know what, because we kept following, going wherever we wanted, for whatever reason, every time we entered a room, it was a lesbian orgy room. Yes, uh, but we did get in right at the end. There's like this, uh, there's a main bedroom and we go in there and there's like everyone in bed together. And there's some people on the floor because not everybody will fit in the bed. Um, and one and of the one of the hot Rick, vampires you, was walking in yeah. with a shirt off, and we're like, the, "I gave yeah. Rick the thumbs up because you are instructed do not talk during the show, or you'll be a." But I think out. that's why we got kicked out of that room. Did we get kicked out of that room? Which room? The, the one where room? the thing was going because you were because you went thumbs up and oh, you and you well, whispered they send it. you 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 gave me the thumbs up and you whispered jackpot. <laughs> I did. And then we started laughing. And, but and then the was, hot then the guy, did point. Then and the then guy pointed at the door. Pointed at the door. But the sex scene was ending and the chi- the bell started to chime. So yes. You're walking around for that portion where you get to check things out. And then the bell tolls and everybody has to meet back in the main area where the big vampire fight happens. And then, uh, I, well, I won't tell you what happens at the end. No, no, uh, You no, should no. go experience it. You should it. go see it. But I just want to give a, a, you know, a shout out to Donna Rupe, who, oh, yes. who is in charge of the theater, probably yeah, the mastermind the, uh, behind it. He's the it. owner and um, the, uh, what's his official title? Um, he, him, he's the show director and Kathleen Wessel is the choreographer. They both created the show. Fantastic. Um, but Donald Rupe is the executive director of Renaissance Theater. He owns it. And to the whole staff, or oh the, all, the, all the cast, Everybody, they are committed yeah. to those roles. And that, that baby doll scene, they were committed to being insane. I love the ba- They were total insane. Now, this is an adults-only show. Um, there is a scene in the beginning with a nude male, full frontal nude. Um, so if that's your bag, check it out. It was not bad <laughs> i liked it very much <laughs> and there's all the kinds show. of i like the there's show. all kinds of like themed cocktails and stuff it's a they really it's a very immersive thing and they they really went into great detail so they oh my made god a wonderful the cocktails show. um they have one that uh is like their v blood bag and they serve it in one of it looks like one of those blood bags um absolutely delicious got a blood orange in it um also they have red wine that is called the blood of lilith which which the bartender wasn't aware of ordered it but he the bartender was really busy because it's there's a huge crowd and he walks in he goes hey what can i get you and i was like i'd like two bloods of lilith and he's like what and i said two red wives (laughs) (laughs) yeah but to to everyone there i mean it was it was was crowded um but everything was smooth yeah it didn't even once you get up and you're walking around it didn't feel crowded because everybody kind of spaces out but it's just one of the best things I think that I have done in Orlando. Yeah, if you're if you're in in the Orlando area between now and November fifth, 
5th, you should check it out for sure. Absolutely amazing. Yeah, and the only other thing else that I think that we did today was this morning. We went oh, to yes. the, the UCF intern fair. I for love journalism. this every year. Um, UCF, uh, we have a really good relationship with them, with the journalism department there. And twice a year, uh, in the fall and in the spring, they do um, internship, the intern pursuit. Oh, excuse me. Which is um, a intern students who are looking for internships. Or uh, I'm sorry, journalism students who are looking for internships. Um, so we go out there. And uh, we meet with the kids and they are just anybody who says um, journalism is dead and print media is dead has not been to a journalism pursuit, intern pursuit, because these kids are so dedicated and committed and uh, just love this craft. And um, I mean, we we met so many uh, potential journalists today um, who straight up just pitched us some amazing stories. Fantastic stories that will be, whether they end up being interns here or not, will probably yeah. freelance. I mean, if you're a, a potential journalism intern at UCF um, in future intern pursuits, um, pitch a story during your interview because we were pitched two stories and we'll, we're, I'm going to be reaching out to them and working uh, on a freelance basis with them because they're both amazing ideas. Yeah, they're great. Um, but, and there was they were seniors, you know. I think yeah. so. It's like the, yeah. the the later on in their careers at, at school, they they come to the table with these great ideas. Um, but it's yeah, just, it's really nice to just be in a in a room and hear the excitement. It's mm -hmm. it's reinvigorating. That's why I love to do it. I know we were crunched for time today, but we were like, you know what? We can't miss this. Yes. And a huge shout out, because I know he listens. Um, our intern from last semester, Luis, who, um, from several people who we interviewed, has just been talking us up and letting people know, you want a really great opportunity um, to build up your portfolio and to, to a really good experience being an intern, um, you need to sit down and talk to Watermark. And we had quite a few people who said, Luis said, I need to talk to you. Yeah. And uh, so thank you, Luis. Yes, thank you. And when you're ready for that job, you let me know. <clears throat> yeah. But you're ready to change your career path from, from journalism to business management. Or in the meantime, <laughs> just reach out if you want to you write some stuff. Yeah, there you go. So, yeah. Anyway. So, yeah. So, fantastic week. Busy, busy week. Yes. Um, 42 minutes worth of a week. Yeah, I know. So That's we're 12 minutes longer than we normally do. And I'm going to keep us... I'm yes. gonna keep us on schedule moving forward. Air supply is awaiting. Well, not all, air supply waiting for you. I got Patty Sheehan waiting for me. Oh, that's so. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got. Uh, let's get moving along. So to carry to, to to continue with our scary month of. Our, is it scary? Was it were, were the things we watched last time scary? I don't. I don't know. Hocus Pocus two is a fright. And and not Freddy's Freddy's Revenge. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we decided we decided to go along those that same theme, and we wanted to talk about every Halloween episode of Modern Family. Yes. Um, so uh, you're a huge fan of Modern Family. I love Modern Family. I'm probably not as huge a fan as you are. Huge fan. Um, but it's uh, it's a show that ran for 11 seasons. Uh, if you haven't heard of it, climb out under your rock and get Hulu because there are all the seasons around there. Um, but over the course of the 11 seasons, they seven of the seasons, they did Halloween episodes. Um, and I read that this was kind of an homage to, in the 90s, Roseanne yes. was well known for their Halloween episode. And this was an homage because they were big fans of the show Roseanne and that they wanted to do uh, kind of an homage to those Halloween episodes. I love the Halloween episodes of Roseanne. Yes. Uh, um, I absolutely love them. For taking out of the, the situation or the equation all of what Roseanne became or what she did, 
the show in the 90s was truly groundbreaking and um, absolutely amazing. And I love that show. And the Halloween episode was the was one of the highlights uh, when I was a kid watching the Roseanne one and then watching the the Simpsons Treehouse of Horror were my two big Halloween things um, in the 90s. Yeah, I feel like when um when I was growing up, we we didn't have a, a lot of money. Now, that's not to say that my parents didn't have good jobs or anything like that. But they were, we were a large family and we always had uncles living with us. So there would at times there'd be like four adults and five children, you know, and all living in two salaries of like the 80s. Yeah, you know, in 90s. So it wasn't like we weren't swimming in money. I remember things like, you know, having powdered milk and that kind of stuff. And, and I, I have these memories of getting school supplies that I can't be convinced. I'm sure if my mom listens to this, she's going to call me. And she's like, don't tell people what you're for. Um, but I, I don't know if it was some sort of assisted program at which I was getting my school supplies or not. I just remember that there were these big plastic bags and it would have your grade on it. And all the supplies you needed for that grade were in that bag. And so anyway, so I, I only mentioned that to say like what was groundbreaking about Roseanne is that it was about a lower middle class yeah. family and the struggles that they had. And it was something that I could watch and, and, just and identify completely with. identify with, but in a funny way. Yeah, it's funny because um, when I was growing up and I heard this from other family members, um, we did not get compared to Roseanne. Uh, we got compared to Married with Children a lot. And I know my mother <laughs> did not care for that. And it used to crack me up because I loved uh, Married with Children. Um, but uh, yeah, we got compared to that a lot. Um, also because my mother is a huge fan of watching Oprah. And uh, anybody who's watched America, or, uh, uh, Married with Children knows that Peg Bundy loved Oprah and watched it all the time. <laughs> um, well, that's a good tie-in to oh, Modern Family. Segue, because, because Ed O'Neill is, is in both He's shows. like the, the, the patriarch of the family. Yes. It's basically this this extended family with there's three segments of them, one traditional, two non-traditional. So there's Ed O'Neill, um, who is the, the father uh, who was divorced and just married way younger than him. Um, Sophia Vagara, 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 yeah, uh, who who's in it, and so and she has a so that's Jay a, and Gloria, and she has a son Manny. Manny. Um, so that's one section of the family. The other one is like the traditional family, uh, which is uh, Jay's daughter Claire and her husband Phil, and then they have three kids. Yep, and then. Uh, Jay's son, who is played by Jesse Tyler Ferguson, who is openly gay, Tony Award winning Jesse Tyler yeah. Ferguson from Take Me Out. Um, and uh, he's married to Cam, yeah. who is played by uh, Eric, Eric Stone, Stone Street. Street. So you and, mentioned Cam, and, and they've adopted a daughter. And they've adopted a daughter, Lily, in the first episode, which is hilarious. You know, so this, what I love so much about the show, and you, you won't understand this until you watch the whole thing, which I think I've seen. The entire season six times and i just wrapped up because we were watching these halloween episodes i just watched the whole last season yeah and i just love it um but it starts off where like jay is this sort of very offensive um in his speaking kind of homophobic towards his son person um and you just i think the whole show is about his arch really yeah because you just watch this person grow and and learn that family means everything and, and, and it's just, it's incredible by the end of this this whole season it's really incredible yeah. but in in this within this thing I, I love this line too in the it's in the second season it's the first Halloween episode yes uh, Claire is uh, the Halloween diehard she loves it and she she makes a comment about um, how somebody else like Gloria gets Christmas 
uh, and how the gays stole Thanksgiving from her. Oh, yeah, I wrote that her. down. Um, where did it go? But yeah, uh, because she goes, we have fireworks at Christmas because that's what they do in Colombia. Um, so basically, Jay and Gloria got Christmas, and uh, the gays took over Thanksgiving because they know how to make a perfect turkey. And then Cam makes a side comment about, I didn't hear from Blaine when she was eating the turkey. <laughs> and she goes, all I wanted was Halloween. And because all of them have their own shit going on, and she has set, her and Phil have set up um, sort of like this haunted house scene in her living room uh, for the kids to come in to get candy. Um, and uh, she's got it all mapped out, but everybody else has got their own stuff going. Yeah, it's hilarious, the, um, like, the intricate nature. Of it. It's almost like she works at the Wren. <laughs> <laughs> that she sets up this whole thing to scare to scare the kids. Um, but there's too much going on, and so it falls apart, and she gets very angry about it. And then everybody, which they tend to do, right? It's like this, they're also chaotic and self-centered, and they hurt someone's feelings, and then they realize that they did, and then they all come together as a family and fix it. So it's great. Yeah, yeah. And and one thing I noticed, because we went back, like we said, and watched the Halloween episodes, um, the best of their Halloween episodes are the ones where they all come together, um, where they're all intermingling with each other. Because there's a couple where their storylines are very separate throughout right. the whole episode. And those are less enjoyable. Like season four, which is the next one, which is Open yes. House of Horrors. It was still kind of funny, but it's where um, Phil tells Claire that she is not scary and she can't scare him. Yes, so, which she takes great offense to. Which she takes great offense to. So she tries really hard to to scare him. And then he's he decided to do an open house on Halloween. Which is a brilliant... If you're a realtor, that is kind of a brilliant idea. Because people are out mingling. Parents are taking their kids out. And you set it up like a little fun uh, stop-off. Like, hey, come rest your feet in here for the parents. I think that if you're a realtor, that's brilliant. But she managed to... He was alone in this house. And she managed to use that to her advantage and scare the hell out of him. So that was pretty funny. Um, but the best one, my favorite one, is the 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 next one. I think is season season six. It's probably called Halloween Three or something like that. Yeah, the um, first couple of them are, are listed. Um, that's the Awesome Land one. Halloween oh no, wait, maybe maybe I'm wrong. Was it season four? Oh yeah, where she tried. Never mind. Season four was actually really funny. The one with the House of Horrors because that's the one where she had. The funny thing that they do is they alternated. Um, season two, so season one didn't have a Halloween episode, they did it in season two. They didn't have one in season three, but in season four, they referenced Halloween the year before, yeah. even though it wasn't there. And so this is one of the funniest moments where she was Little Bo Peep and she was trying to do a nice Halloween because the year before she scared somebody into and a get, heart put attack. Him in a, yeah, put him in the hospital. I was crying laughing at that. Uh, my favorite of that episode is the whole um, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph thing. So Jay and Gloria decide that um, because th by this time, um, Joe, um, who is their uh, their little kid, is born. He's not in the earlier seasons. Um, Gloria gets pregnant through the show. And they Jay decides they're going to be um, Joseph, Mary, and baby Jesus. However, he decides that uh, instead of Joe being baby Jesus, he's going to be full-grown Jesus because his name is Jay. And Jesus starts with Jay. And his son's name is Joe. And that's short for Joseph. So obviously he should be Joseph. So that makes sense in his head. Throughout the whole episode, nobody gets the joke. There's that one mother. I think. And she's like, I don't understand. Why isn't he Jesus? And he's like, his name's Joe. It makes sense. Um, that was when um, 
when um, Jay gets frustrated, favorite scenes in the entire show. Yeah. Um, just him getting fed up with shit and storming off. Which is which happens all the time. Uh, and this is the the season four one is when the the gays have a Halloween party, right? No, season four is the one where um, they're. Uh, oh no, wait, yeah, yeah. I, I the season. It's oh, season I'm looking four. at season eight. I'm sorry, that's when they do the Jesus thing. Oh, so it's season four is it's when four. is when they had the the gays had the thing because Cam lost weight. And he wanted oh, yes. he wanted to show off his his new weight thing. Oh yes, that's the open house one. And um and I just noted that one of the guys had he was a sugar daddy and he he was carrying <laughs> a baby, baby with a bag of sugar in it. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> they 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 have a lot of really uh, um I guess for lack of a better term they have some really good dad jokes in this. Yeah. Uh, and the whole sugar baby one. Um and he because Jay uh dresses as Prince Charming. Because originally Gloria was Princess Fiona, so he was going to be Shrek. He's like, I don't want to be Shrek. So he gets Prince Charming, and he's it's got a wig, uh, but he loses the wig before the party. So everybody thinks he's Benjamin Franklin. Um, so um, uh, I thought that was hilarious, because he totally looked like Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> um, then, So then the next one... Halloween 3, which I think is probably season 6, um, that um, they Phil was in charge because Claire's too busy at work. So Phil was in charge and he was doing Awesome Land where he wanted yes. everything to be fun. The only thing that I wrote down about this one, really, um, there was a line. Um, I think it was Cam's. Uh, I, have, I haven't had a white beard since I took my cousin to the prom. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Um, now this is one of those things that it's just stupid in, in the concept, but it cracks me up the, the execution. The where's Waldo thing. So oh, that's the only thing I wrote down. That's Cam hilarious. can't ever find Waldo in the where's Waldo books. And Mitch always has to show him. So, um, uh, Lily decides she wants to dress up as Waldo for, uh, for, for Halloween. And, uh, Cam takes her to school. And he keeps trying to find her to talk to her, to tell her, you know, different things like, oh, this is strange and it's that. And she keeps getting lost in the crowd because she stresses Waldo. And he has to keep calling Mitch and putting it on video call and showing uh, showing him uh, to help him find Lily, uh, which is cracking me up. It, it, every time he loses Lily, he just screams in a high pitch, Lily! <laughs> it's, I love it. Um, but yeah, it's... Uh, it's of all of them, Awesome Land was probably my least favorite, but that doesn't mean that I didn't like it. It just means, of all the Halloween episodes, this was probably was my least favorite. Um, I love them all. I just have to say that. So um, then after that, where are my notes? Um, after that was Halloween 4, <laughs> Revenge of Rod Skyhook. That one kind of oh. made me laugh. Um, that's because it was um, uh, the kid. What's his name? Luke. The Dumpy Kid. Luke. Luke, Luke was yes. um he was throwing his his first Halloween party. He's yes. like president, right, mm -hmm. of the student body, and I was trying to have this this big party, and people weren't showing up. So his family rallied behind him to steal people from another um from another party. Yes, first they send uh, what's that was the Jay and Jesus one. Yes, that's the Jesus one. Yeah. Um, what's the, the his oldest sister's name? Haley. Haley. Yeah, first they send Haley over there because that's what her job is. That's it. She's PR. Um, so she's supposed to go in and get um, uh, supposed to get uh, the people from, because there's a, a, a rival party going on. And um, 
So they nobody's gone to Luke's party. So uh, Claire sends Haley over there to to get people to come over to the party. While she's doing that, Phil dressed as a beaver um, because they're June Cleaver. Uh, she's got the cleaver in her head, and he's the beaver. Um, decides to go into the party and to get the get people excited and and uh, uh, spark interest for people to come to this party. <laughs> So that, I, I felt like that was a good one uh, because that was the J and Jesus one that we went over. Yes. Um, the next one was I think this is where they started doing them every year, and this one was um, yeah the last three or uh, the last four seasons they did one every year. It, it's the Great Pumpkin Phil Dumphy, which is funny because he wants his whole family to get inside this big pumpkin and float in the water with it. Um, but I wrote I wrote this down because I thought this was a funny line. I think. Um, uh, there's a gets there's an argument between Jay and Mitchell mm-hmm. and Mitchell, who is Jay's gay son, um, says something like, um, you know, all you did was build closets, which is just basically a box for air. Oh, my God. And, and then he goes, he goes, that's an unnecessary dick in closets for someone who's been in one for the last 23 years. <laughs> or who spent 23 years in one. Um, of all the Halloween episodes, this is the least... Halloween of all the episodes. There's a lot going on that is not Halloween related in this. Um, Mitch and Cam are staying with um, Jay and Gloria because there was a fire at their um, their house in their kitchen. And Jay is renovating the kitchen for them. He's way behind schedule. So Mitch goes to um, the, their house to fire his father um, because he's taking too long in the kitchen while Cam and Gloria are getting on each other's nerves. Um, and uh, Cam is laid out on her bed while she's in the soaking in a bath, which is <laughs> I get he's gay, so there's no uh, he says to her, he goes, I'm gay, it's fine. Um, but yeah, he's just he's up in everybody's business. Um, but uh, uh, I just thought it was hilarious. Mitch goes to fire um, Jay, and it's the the kitchen's all finished, and uh, the last bit is they're gonna do it together as father and son. And they're putting the window in the door, the kitchen door. Right, which is a stained glass window. Yes, which, it, well, Cam had picked out just regular glass. and But Mitch had this uh, stained glass that he really wanted in the door. So because he got up the, the cojones to fire his father um, before finding out the kitchen was done, he says, don't 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 give in now. He goes, you just, uh, you just fired your old man. So stand, stand your ground. And he's like, fine, let's put the stained glass in there. Uh, and there's a piece of glass in the stained glass, a little gem or something, that acts as a magnifying glass and reignites the kitchen, burns it down. While they're out for a walk. While they're out and for a walk, enjoying. Because when they come back from the walk, they hear the, the fire engines, yes. and they're like, oh, it looks like somebody burns down. A complete reenactment of the first time it burned down. Yes. Because they're, they're walking, and they're like, oh, that's interesting. It turned down our street. <laughs> and every time the fire truck turned on that street, it was because they burned the kitchen down. Um... Then the next... Uh, oh, really? The other one I liked about this, because previously they were Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Um, Joe is dressed as God. And he keeps seeing... Um, he's uh, When Gloria is, is doing some uh, stuff that she shouldn't do, She Joe just keeps being... Uh, observing her as God. Um, and then she keeps doing the sign of the cross, which cracks me up. Because <laughs> it's just her son. Um, the next one was Good Grief. Not... I mean, it, this one took a serious tone. Um, yes. the, 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 the wife that Jay is divorced from the, yes. the mother of, Dee Dee. of the kids, Dee Dee, uh, passes away in the beginning yes. of this. And like, they're all getting ready for Halloween and they find this out. So they're all in 
costumes. Yes. And so Claire and Phil are, they're a spider and a fly, and Phil gets all tied up in the spider web, um, which is just, it, it's those little, like, gags. It's a, like, dad joke gags that kills me with this show. Um, and then uh, uh, Mitch and Cam come in, and they're dressed as Harry, Prince Harry and Meghan Merkel. Cam is Meghan. Um, and then uh, Phil and Gloria pop in, and they're Joe DiMaggio and Mar Marilyn Monroe. And the whole episode is them dealing with the fact that Dee Dee has passed away. Yeah, but they set the house up like they did in the first one to like have this whole thing. And like when when somebody walks up to the door and knocks on it, you hear "Welcome to Hell." Oh yes. So there's this cart in there when they're when, they're, when um, Mitch and Cam, now the girl, Mitch the, and Claire. his Mitch and Claire are outside talking about their mom, and he's she's like, "I imagine that she's there surrounded by loved ones." hearing and then somebody walks in front of the door and you welcome to hell <laughs> like the timing of it was hilarious uh but yeah it, it's definitely one of the more um uh mood uh, killer episodes where it's it's not all a bunch of laughs it's very much dealing with death and um <laughs> can i have two things to say about this the sure. that, that made me laugh um First of all, the whole, the shtick that went through the, the episode that the mother told Claire that she eats ice cream like a prostitute. <laughs> and then they, but then they hear them talking about ice cream. So Phil and Cam are like, let's go get them ice cream. And Phil says, yeah, there's just something about the way she eats it. <laughs> I want to go get it. But then um, uh, in dealing with grief, they all deal with grief differently. So yes. um, the Alex, the middle child, she deals with grief by having by sex, having with, sex her with her hot fire, uh, fighter boyfriend. So right, so she's having sex with this guy in her room, and the and Haley and and Luke are like, you know, we should go check on her. And right as they go to open her bedroom door, somebody says, "I think she's taking it harder than anyone else." And then they <laughs> open the door, and they're going at it. Uh, so funny. Good show. And then the, the then the last one is called The Last Halloween. Yes. Um, and it's in the final season. It, you know what I wrote down that makes me laugh about that? Because Luke at this point is dating someone way older than him. Yes. And they're talking about, they have they all have reservations to go out with their dates or something like that. And, and they, they're like, oh, you have to change yours because I don't want to be at the restaurant at the same time you are. And he goes, I can't. Because his date has to wait four hours before she can go to bed after eating because she has acid reflux. And I was laughing so hard because, you know, I have to do that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, don't get old, folks. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the last one, uh, let's see what happens. Um, I mean, it's, it's one of those where it's kind of everybody's scattered and their storylines cross periodically through the episode. But everybody's kind of doing their own thing. Phil and Claire go see a movie. They want to go see Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Because um, Phil wants to scare Claire. Um, oh, is this the one? With the, this is where um, he runs by the house. Um, he's got a house that he's he's showing because he's a real estate agent. And uh, there's an old lady who's living there. Oh, yeah. Ida Man. Yeah. Ida Man. <laughs> Ida Man. Ida Man. Um, this is a great one. This is like the long game. Yeah. So, um... He, um, I don't remember what initially started. Do you remember what, what, uh, what led him to start? This? Um, Claire said that he wasn't scary. Actually. Remember, it's like, the, it's a reverse of from the earlier seasons. Yes. Like, um, uh, <clears throat> Phil tried to scare her and she says, you can't scare me. 
So he set this whole thing in motion a year before, yes. um, created this this character and this scene, like because there was an empty house that he had sold to somebody that nobody was going to. They weren't going to, yeah, live in there for a while. So he set up this fact that this old woman moved in and she was a witch or yes. something. And her name was Ida Man. Ida Man. And she's always in the window, and he is pretends to be freaked out by her. So when him and Claire go jogging. He covers his eyes. He's got... It's very it's psycho-esque. Yeah. Uh, it's a lady uh, or a skeleton in a wig up in the window. And then occasionally when she's going on a jog by herself, he'll go into the house dressed as the old lady and he'll like wave to her yeah. while drinking tea. <laughs> um, so um, they run by and there's an issue. She's not in the window. So Claire's like, well, we need to go check on her. And Phil's like, uh, no. it's, um, Phil is scared of it, and she says, "This is it. We're gonna we're gonna go oh, meet yes. her, so you won't be afraid of her anymore. Let's just get in there and do it." Yes. So um, she goes in the house because uh, the door is open, and she goes upstairs. And very recreation of Psycho, she sees uh, Mrs. Man in the window, and she goes, "Ma'am," and she taps her on the shoulder. She turns around, and it's the 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 skeleton with the wig and everything, and then Phil's behind her dressed as the old lady, just like in Psycho, and scares Claire, and he thinks he's won, and she's like, oh, this is, I was worried that we were going to get boring in our old age, but um, you've just opened a can of worms, and he's like, no, because she's like, game on. Um, so. Uh, now, I have these written down, so let's see if we can figure why I wrote this down. Yes. Um, I, I, I vaguely remember this, and I don't know which one they were talking about, but they must be talking about somebody's costume. And it was like, your talent, it's like you were touched by a gangel. And that made me laugh, because a gangel. Um, was that, that probably was the one where he lost all the weight? No, that's, I mean, this is the last Halloween. Oh, all this is notes. in this one? And then I have this note, make dead with old face baby. <laughs> Does that what? mean anything? Let's see, what was... Maybe I, I maybe I am... And then I have firefighter. Oh my god! Did you notice this? Hmm. I mean, I don't want to harp on people's physical attributes, but um, did you? I want you to go back and watch the last Halloween and look at the firefighter's thumb. It like makes a hard right turn. It goes really? like this, and it's like a hard right turn. Like it, it was. It was right before they were right before the sex scene, and Jane got mad at me because she's like, "That's all I can see now." Because I pointed out. Anyway, um, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know what the the gay joke would be because I'm looking at my notes. What was uh, Mitch and Cam? Oh, because Lily went to a party, so they were going out to be. They were going to go out. Um, they were dressed as judges, and they were going to go out to the. Um, what did they call it? I thought. Oh, big gay Halloween carnival. Mm. And Lil, um, Gloria, who's feeling old, who's dressed as Elsa. Um, joins them because she's feeling um, uh, like she's getting ancient and old. Joe doesn't want to hang out with them this Halloween. Um, so everybody's just going through their, and I think probably because this was the last season, everybody's going through their withdrawals of the kids don't need us anymore. Um, we're on our own kind of thing. Um, and uh, I don't know where that gay joke comes in at. I don't either. But uh, so that's kind of the overarching narrative of this episode. I know this wasn't one that we were supposed to watch, but towards the end, when Mitch and Cam move into that new house, you know what I'm talking about? 
It's like the second to last episode. Yes. And they have a housewarming party. <laughs> it's hilarious because like all their gays come to their housewarming party. And there's one guy that's a father who hasn't been out to parties in years and years and keeps making like the most inappropriate jokes. And every time he does, he's like, Oh, we don't do that anymore. He's like, I'm sure we've I'm sure we've evolved beyond this at this point, but he just didn't know because he doesn't go out. It's just a great show. And I highly recommend that you that you watch it. Um and I'll tell you that Rotten Tomatoes surprises me. So um Rotten Tomatoes on Modern Family, what do you think it is? On the show as a whole? Yeah. I mean I'm assuming. I didn't look it up. I had Dylan look oh. it up. Um, I mean, it, it won a shit ton of awards. However, uh, the later seasons, I know, um, got panned a lot uh, by critics. So I'm going to say um, 86? 85. Oh, okay. Audience? Um, 92. 90. Oh, Good job. Yeah. I love the show. 100-100 in my book. It, it's I, I keep saying every time we talk about a show, I'm like, that's my favorite series ever. But this is definitely top five. It's yeah. going to be... It's a know, very good show. Ted Lasso, West Wing, Modern Family. I can Friends. tell what my favorite shows are because back when I collected Funko Pops, if I collected the whole collection of Funko Pops for a particular sitcom, then I consider that uh, one of my favorites. And I had all the Funko Pops for this. Yeah, and they won a bunch of Tony Awards. In fact, I, Emmy Awards. Yeah, Emmy Awards. Um, when some of them have Tony. When um um. Jane Lynch was hosting. Mm -hmm. um, at one point, I'd come back from a commercial break, and she's like, welcome to the Modern Family Awards. Yes, it does hold the record. Actually, it holds the record, or it's tied for the record, of winning uh, Best Comedy Series for the most consecutive years. I believe it won five or six years in a row as Best Comedy Series, and I believe Frasier's the only one that uh, has also done that. Okay. So that was our TV assignment. Yes. For, for film, we decided to watch um, a movie, the first movie of a trilogy, a trilogy yes. on Netflix. Uh, the Fear Street t Trilogy. Last summer, uh, they released this movie, this trilogy of movies, one per week, um, based on an R.L. Stein series, uh, Fear Street. Um, and with each one, we're going to review one um, or talk about one each for the next three weeks uh, left in October. Um, so we talked about the first one. Each uh, film is designated by a particular year. So uh, Fear Street Part 1 is 1994. Fear Street Part 2 is 1978. And then Fear Street Part 3 is 1666. Um, so the first one, um, each one is kind of an homage to a different type of horror film. Um, the first one is kind of an homage uh, to Scream. Um, and movies like that from the 90s slasher films. Um, I Know What You Did Last Summer, Urban Legend, that kind of thing. Um, but it opens um, in a mall. First thing I want to notice, or say, and it makes sense um, when you know this, that the movies uh, happen on Netflix. And also there's a lot of, there's several actors through the three movies who also appear in Stranger Things. And the reason is because it's directed by uh, Lee Janik who is married to one of the Duffer Bros, who's one of the creators of Stranger Things. Oh, so okay. there's a lot of overlap with Stranger Things, and there's several Stranger Things actors in this, um, and it's on Netflix. So. You know what? I, didn't, I wasn't aware of this, but I found this out. Um, in the very beginning, the girl that works in the mall. Yes. That is Uma Thurman and Ethan Hawke's daughter. Yes, and, and she's she is also in, in Stranger Things. Stranger Things, yes. yeah. She, I will, a spoiler alert, she plays a bigger role... <laughs> In, in Stranger Things, things that she doesn't know. Yeah, I mean, now, if she's you got go like into the, this, the Drew Barrymore role yes, from Yes, if Scream. you go into this knowing that this was done as an homage to Scream, you know exactly what's going to happen yeah. to her. In fact, 
her death scene is shot just like Drew Barrymore's death scene in Scream, where the ghost face killer, who in this one is a skull face killer, uh, but same kind of Halloween mask, comes up behind her and stabs her in the back. And then she falls to the ground, and when she goes, he goes to stab down her, she rips the mask off. In Scream, they pan away, so you don't know who it is. Um, but in the opening here, she pulls away his mask, and you know that you see that it's her friend who you meet uh, at the beginning of the film, Ryan, who uh, works in the mall with her. She works at a video rental store, which I wrote this down. Maybe I just don't recall. But I don't ever remember malls having video rental stores. I feel like they were all either freestanding buildings or they were in strip malls. They would have had, I don't know that it would have been a rental, but they certainly had video sale, like cassettes. Yeah, they they would sell like videotapes and and CDs and stuff. This was a video video rental store, which I never seen in a mall before. So creative license. Yeah. I mean, it's not like this is based on real life. However, if you do research this a little bit. I never saw a murderous skeleton in a mall. (laughs) I used to hang out in Tampa in the 90s. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so uh, Heather, who is is, uh, played by um, the um, Uma's and uh, Oprah, Oprah, Uma. (laughs) Uma Oprah. There was also this summer, because she did a film with um, Ethan Hawke. He directed it. And um, um, (laughs) there was a lot of uh, chatter on social media because she has a sex scene in it. And apparently uh, in an interview, Ethan Hawke's like, yeah, I was cool with it. I was just directing her. And I'm like, telling her to do this and this. And like, "I'm, I'm a cool dad. It's okay. I can watch daughter fake have sex for a movie. And it creeped and weirded a lot of people out. But uh, that is actually how I found out Ethan Hawke was her dad. <laughs> um, but yeah, so she, uh, that opens with her and Heather and Ryan. Uh, Ryan kills Heather. Um, and as he goes to stab one last time, um, that's different from Scream, he gets shot in the head. And Sheriff Good, um, who is uh, the sheriff of the town, has just shot him and killed him. Yeah, there's not a lot of... Uh, what. what there's not a lot of figuring out you have to do in this kind of movie, right? It's just all spelled out oh, for you. So the premise yeah. of this whole show is that there's these two cities side by side. One of them is called Sunny Sunnydale, uh, Sunny, Sunnyvale, Sunnyvale, which I think is a which is, a, par- is a take on uh, an homage to Sunnydale from right. Buffy. But it, it, it's this like place where all the wonderful things happen. It's where all the rich houses are and all the wonderful people are. And then there's like Shitsville. I don't know. <laughs> Shady side. Shit's Creek. No, so you've got Shady sh- side. Yeah. You've got Sunny Vale in the sun, and then you've got Shady side. And tragedy. Shady side of town. Tragedy hits Shady town. Yeah, you all le- the time. You learn through the credits and little newsreels and clips and the and little uh, news sections that um, they have they for thirty years or for however long uh, this thing goes on, they have had. So many mur- like it's the murder capital of the world of the world, Sh- uh, right? Shadyville, shady, shady side, and opposite, right across the tracks, is Sunnyvale, which hasn't had a murder in like centuries, right? And it's just everything is good and happens. I have a question uh, yes. for you though. It's it's the sheriff Good. See, yeah, you know where Sheriff Good lives because his name is Good. If yes. it was Sheriff Sucks. He would be from Shady Town, um, but so he does. Does the Shady thing not have cops? They have to come from the other place. 
I believe that they're. I don't believe they're separate towns. Oh, they're I just. Think they're, like they're just suburbs. Bur- suburbs of the same town. Um, I believe whatever this ca- uh, and this is just my rough understanding. It's of like how Thornton Park work. and Azalea Park. Yeah, here. because a sheriff. <laughs> One's really nice. Sheriff overlooks an entire county, and then you the police are like the city. So um, he's sheriff good. So I think he oversees the whole county with these two towns. Okay, that makes sense. So that's now, why he can bounce. The back whole movie makes sense to me now. Yes. <laughs> um, if that's not the case, believe what I say while you watch the other two movies. So this is the so this is the setup, right? Yes. You got these two these two towns, rival towns, right? And then in 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 in, in the middle of this whole storyline is this. It's very prom esque. There's this out. Oh my god! I wrote down. I was like slasher version of the prom. Right. And so there's this out lesbian who is in the band. Yes. Um, that is... Well, in the beginning, you don't realize that she's a lesbian. They play that little game. It's like, because her ex's name is Sam. Mm-hmm. And she's writing down, um, fuck you, Sam. She writes on this little note, and she's put together this box of all the stuff from their relationship because her and Sam have broke up. So she's in the band, and they go to the rival school because the rival football players are going to play. And she's talking to her friend, and she goes, oh, there's Sam. And you see this kind of hunky football player grabbing the ass of the cheerleader. And you're supposed to believe, even though all of the marketing said this was an LGBTQ film and in the trailer shows that these two are together, they're like, it's the football player that she's in love with. That boy's name is Sam. And then she runs off and she looks up. She's sitting underneath the bleachers and she looks up and she goes, oh, hey, Sam. And they pan over and shocking. It's the cheerleader. It wasn't the football player at all. Wow. I did not pay that close attention yeah. to that to that scene. Um, now this is the second time I've watched this movie, okay. so I did oh, okay. get I came in with a little more uh, clarity. So the so that's the so that's the setup, right? Yes. Or is that they were together and then the cheerleader moved to, Sam, to yeah, Happyville, moved to Happyville because her parents got divorced, and Sad Murderersville with no future is where the main character yes. lives. Yes, um, Deandra, I think is her name. Dina. Thank you. Yeah. So the um so that's so that's the that's the the setup here and then all the, the shit starts going. You know, and I, I just want to say if you want to live in a town that's not crappy, that doesn't have trauma and murder constantly, then maybe the mascot for your high school shouldn't be the witches. Yes. And the mascots will fit into this, you you realize, because um it's the witches and the devils are the, the rival mascots. So in Shady Town, uh, Shittyville, it's the, the the witches, and in Happy Town, it's uh, the devils. They're the devils. So it's the witches versus the devils. I won't go too much into that because you'll learn more yeah, about probably. that in the second movie. Yeah, I did not watch ahead in the second and third movies because I didn't want to like give away anything yes. that you're supposed to. I mean, we're going to destroy this this movie with spoiler alerts, but yes, but I really you should watch it anyway. So but I don't want to spoil wait, it for you until you've spoiled. Yeah. It. We, <laughs> We will, maybe we won't go into so much detail, but so so the thing is is, is that um, that this murder that happened at the mall, right? There was this mass yes. mass attack at the mall because and, he didn't just kill Heather. You find out that he killed like seven other people right. at the mall. And so then there's supposed to be a football game the next day, and instead they turn into a vigil. Yes, where the captain of the football team for I Have a Happy Lifeville yes. is like Pleasantville, we'll call yeah, it. Yeah, it's like you know, Traumaville sucks. Let's let's, let's let's beat them all up. 
and like some weird fight. Let's breaks hurt out. them more. Right. So then a fight breaks out. Yes. And then they're like, I, I, actually, the maybe that's why they're the devils because this guy's a jerk. If you're yes. living and I got the good life. Don't be so mean to the people that live yes. in Murder Town. So there's a the a, a fight ensues and then they all disperse and the people get on their bus back to Shitsville and while that's happening, jerk football player. Is with har- Sam in the car, comes Sam barreling car, up towards Harassing the bus. them. Um, now, on this bus, you have uh, uh, Dina. Uh, she also has two friends. You have She has Simon and Kate. Um, Simon is um, the um, mascot uh, for the football team, mm-hmm. and Kate is a cheerleader, and they're friends. They also deal drugs. I so thought the whole important. time that they were in a relationship, but they're not. They're oh, just no. drug-dealing friends. Yes, they're just... Drug pals. But they have to sell drugs because that's what you do in Shitstown. Yeah, drug pals. And it's or not as hard drugs. DPs. It's not like they're selling heroin. No, it's just pills. It's just pills. Yeah. What's, what's a little pill between friends? Uh, it's the 90s, baby. They Everybody deals in pills. <laughs> And um, and the guy, I don't I don't know what the girl's been in, but the guy um, was the son in the second season of White Lotus. Yes, yes. The one who sleeps on the beach and stays. Yes, the one. Well, first he starts off in what like the little kitchenette. He just, he's just not yeah. allowed to sleep with the girls. I like I liked him, so I was yeah. it was like, and I like him in this movie. Yeah, too. he's very likable in this movie. Yeah, um, he's like um, if you watch Buffy, he's like the Xander. Yeah, to the Buffy. Yeah. Um, so, um, Dina also has a little brother called Josh, who, um, in the opening of the movie, uh, when you meet him, he's on AOL chat room, which takes me back. <laughs> um, this is very, this is a 90s nostalgia. Now, I do know that a lot of people complained on Twitter when this came out, because it's called 1994, um, but they load the front end of this movie with so many songs from the 90s that it's, it's overkill. It's like every 30 seconds, like, here's a clip of a 90s song. Here's another one. Here's another one. Um, but some it. of the songs were came out after 1994. So a lot of people were bitching on Twitter. They're like, you called it 1994, but some of those songs came out in 1996. Purist. I'm like, don't be nitpicky. It's a fucking slasher film. I was just excited that the phone the girl had in her room was that clear phone where you could <laughs> yes. see I had that. Everything. I loved everything was see-through in the 90s. I love it. Um, but um, so, you know that was the last note that I wrote about this movie uh, <laughs> because I just started watching it and enjoying it. Uh, so so the so the the car comes yes, up, the football up. player harassing everybody on yes. the bus. So the they, bus starts to mess with them back. Yes. So instead of this car is like coming up on his ass, instead of the bus driver stopping, um, they open the back door of the bus and they grab the water cooler um, to go and dump the ice water onto his car. Um, but Dina's nose starts to bleed um, because maybe she has psychic abilities. You ever notice in stupid shit like this, it's like, oh my god, your nose is bleeding. That means there's supernatural stuff happening. Yeah. Sometimes it's just a nosebleed. Maybe, anyway, it, maybe it was too heavy for her. So um, and that's why she dropped it. She sees, she's like, oh no, they drop it. It bounces out. It hits the car. The car veams off and it hits a tree. Then the bus stops. <laughs> um, so they go out there and Sam comes out of the car and she lands on the ground, and she's bleeding. She has a nosebleed. And she has a nosebleed, and bleeds all into the grass. And by bleeding into the grass, she bleeds into the soul of a witch. Yes, and she sees a flash of the witch, and this is Sarah Fryer. Fre- Frere? I think it's what, Sarah Frere. Um, Sarah Frere. And she, um, in bleeding on the, 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 the witch's grave, she has awoken the witch, and the witch decides that she must die. Yes. So as a witch does. Yes. It's like you disturb my grave, you die. 
there's no there's no rationalizing with the witch. You know what the weird part about this is? Like they destroyed her grave. Was she buried on top of the soil? Right. Like this supposedly this they they talk about how this happened hundreds of years ago. This witch, like back in the olden biblical times or whatever it is. I, I get well sixteen sixty six. I guess well it, that's why the movie number three, the witch time happens. But it's like the chains are like sitting on top of the moss. You're telling me in three hundred years, grass hasn't grown over these chains? It's ridiculous. And anyway, who's mowing the forest? Yeah, it's stupid. But I, you know, it's a slasher, and it doesn't. It's not supposed to make sense. No. Um. So, um, they're like, you know, the cops come and they're like, hey, that was crazy. What happened? None of the kids want to rat off the other ones because. The one thing that the rival towns can agree on is fuck the police. <laughs> so, um, so then they go to um, let's see where are my notes. Um, okay, Sam gets taken to the hospital. Um, they all go back to their houses. Um, uh, Kate and uh, Simon are babysitting. Um, these oh one thing that we should mention that'll become very important later is when Sam's bleeding from the nose. Um, she coughs on Simon and gets blood all over his shirt. So uh, they go back to their respective houses, and the killer in the from the beginning in the skull mask shows up and uh, comes into Simon and Kate uh, where they're babysitting these kids, and is like they're scared. They they're, they're it's they're afraid the killer's hunting them. So he starts going through their laundry. And he's like. <laughs> He's like, is he here to kill us or is he here to fold my clothes? Before I kill them, I have yeah. to make... The house is a mess. And I cannot believe they did not fold this basket. I can't leave a messy room. So he starts going through the laundry, and then he leaves. Um, and then, let's see, what happens next? They go to Dina's house, and Dina's there with her brother. And they're like that... Because they think it's the boyfriend of Sam, who came right. broke into the house who's trying to scare them. So they're like, well, we're going to go to the hospital... And we're going to confront Sam because she was just in a major car accident. She was bleeding all over a witch's grave. So we're going to go yell at her now. And she's like, yeah. One thing that really irks me about this movie is um, for all the things that I liked about it, Dina really leans into that angry lesbian stereotype. <laughs> she's just pissed well, because about she's everything. she's from shady town of crap. Yes. She's just angry at life. But it's like, she's like, fuck you, Sam. And Sam's like, you broke up with me. Yeah, because you're a bitch. And she's like, but I, my parents split up and I had to move. Yeah, if you loved me, you would have stayed in the shithole you were living in. You moved into a nice part of town. Fuck you. Uh, she's very angry. To paraphrase. Yes, that's basically her attitude the entire movie. Um, well, until the sex scene. Yeah. Well, um, we, we, we got about five more minutes okay, to so go we're through this, so forward. we're just gonna, so, so the, so the, the idea here is they find out because all the monsters are, come to kill Sam yes. at that hospital, and they learn that, um, that they're not trying to kill all of them. Just Sam. They're just trying to kill Sam, which is why he was smelling, he was folding the laundry, because yes. he was, there was that shirt that had the blood on it. And so they're trying to figure out a way, and um, and so the witch has summoned all of the all of the murders, which have been four, well, four tragedy, four specific yeah, tragedies. Yeah. There's a bunch of different murders throughout, but she calls three specific killings. Oh, three of them. The the one from earlier in the film, um, then this axe wielder from the seventies, um, and then a uh, knife wielder Ruby Lane from 1965, who kills people with a razor blade. 
and sings a pretty song. Yes. And and so they they feel they they find this out that this is happening or that they're coming to kill this person. So they're like, oh, if we can, you know, uh, they they feel like if she dies, then they'll stop coming after her because she'll yes. be dead. And so there's so this they, crazy plan to just to give kill her, her, just give her to the killer, so they leave us alone. Which I get. Okay, you don't you don't want anyone to die. But if I'm in that situation and I'm not Sam, you're on your own, girl. I'm sorry. And Dina, if you're still in love with Sam, more power to you. I hope you two make it through here. I am not following. Well, you. especially if you know how it ends. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd be like, why? No. Yeah. <laughs> you so, go die. So they come up with this plan because they find out that there is the only victim that they know that has been tied to one of these murders. There's one victim who survived. And they find out that she survived, but she died and was resuscitated. So they come up with a plan. If we kill Sam and then resuscitate her, then all of this will go away. So do they go to a secure place? You know what I was thinking? Um, You stole an ambulance. How about one of you drive around town avoiding the killers? You kill her in the back of the ambulance and then bring her back there. Why do you go to this big open supermarket with all these entrances? I thought that's what they were going to do and yeah. then shock her back. Yeah, but nope. They go to a, a grocery store with like nine entrances and then they rub her blood all over them to distract the killers while Dina's going to overdose her on drugs and then bring her back with 900 EpiPens. Um, in the meantime... Oh, go ahead. No, I, and, and it, I, I didn't know you were going to have it in the meantime, because I was just going to point out how tragic her death was. <laughs> so they're shoving pills in Sam's mouth, and she's like all loopy, and she's vomiting. And she's like, they'll kill me with yeah. the pills, but then the bad guys show yeah, up. So the they pills run, get scattered everywhere. And she's like, I feel like shit. And Dana's like, I got a plan. There's a lobster tank in, this, in the seafood department. I'm going to throw the lobsters out. I'm going to drown you, but don't worry, I'll bring you back. So she's in love with this girl, and she has to hold her face in the fish yes. tank to drown her. Now, while she's drowning her, her brother and her two friends are running around, and they're being dis- they're distracting the killers. Kate is the first one up on the chopping block, and she's fighting the skull face killer. And uh, after getting stabbed, she gets slapped down on the bread slicing table, and her head gets pushed through. This is the first like really violent death that you see. Um, gets pushed through the bread slicer and her head just gets sliced into like 20 slices. I don't know slices? how many slices coming up. And, um, um, and, um, Josh, her brother, who seems a little younger, but you know what? It's fine. It's the nineties. Um, starts is having, has feelings for her and they have feelings for each other. And he sees this and he's all in shock. And, um, Simon comes running down. He's like, Oh my God. And they see her head through the slicer and they're in shock. And then Axe Wielder just slams an axe into Simon's head. Both your friends are dead so that you can save your girlfriend who was shacking up with a football player earlier in the night. Um, who also got stabbed. We forgot to mention that. He's dead too. So all these people dying just so Dina and Sam can can have their wonderful love affair. Um, so one of the ghosts, one of the monsters is attacking Josh and it looks like he's going to get stabbed. And she's holding her head and the Axe Wielder's coming and the Blade Lady's coming. And it's like, oh my god, they're gonna get him! And then Sam dies in the fish tank, and all the ghosts disappear. It worked. So then they whip her out, and she's like, "Bring me the pens!" And he brings her, and it's just like stab, stab, stab. <laughs> Not even waiting to see if they it's work. It's like I don't think you're doing it right. Nine 
I counted nine EpiPens they, into this woman's you chest. You know what? She probably came back to life around number four yeah, and, and then, then died, died again. Number seven. Um, so she's like, the EpiPens aren't working. I should do CPR. Well, you should have done that first instead of filling yeah, you with so drowned much her. You didn't. You didn't. Yeah. You didn't suck the water out of her lungs. It wasn't the pills. It was drowning her. So she gives CPR. Sam wakes up, and they're all cheering. As about 10 feet away, her best friend's head is in a bread slicer. And about two feet away from that, her other best friend has an axe in his head. And you know what they say? You know what the one kid says? I should probably go home and get on AOL. Yeah, so he goes home and starts chatting on AOL. Oh my god. What an exciting, crazy night. (laughs) And then the other two, instead of mourning their dead friends, go into bed and start touching each other. Inappropriately, (laughs) you're in high school. Anyway, so um, the lady calls back the, the victim who survived uh, earlier, um, and she's like, hey, it's all over. Thanks for calling us back. Like, bitch, she, she ain't your responsibility. She ain't checking on you. And why is she whispering on yeah. the phone? They think the Seriously, who's in your house? Oh, <laughs> she's like, hey, I'm the lady you called. I know. Are you being attacked? Why are you whispering? Right. And she's like, don't worry, bitch. We fixed it. And she's like, it never ends. And she turns around. If it never and... ends. How is she still alive? That's what I don't understand. Hopefully, we'll find out in one of the other movies. Oh, <laughs> she... you know. So she turns around <laughs> and Sam's there, and she's like, "Hey!" And she looks down, and Sam just stabbed her. Apparently, Sam has been possessed by the witch. So dun, dun, dun. Dana fights her, ties up Sam, goes down to the basement, and says, "Hey, nerd, get off of AOL. I've been stabbed." And he's like, "Holy shit!" So they go up there. And Sam's all exorcist, being like, you know, um, fuck me, fuck me, whatever the exorcist <laughs> lady says. And um, she's, not, she's not actually screaming not, this no. movie. But if you've this seen the exorcist. a little more goosebumpy than that. So um, Dina looks at Sam and then looks at um, uh, Josh, her brother, and says, I'm going to save her. And then to be continued. Uh, and then you have to wait for the next move. I just want um, to say to subdue the Sam uh, uh, possessed witch thing, they take a telephone cord um, and wrap her up in that. Now, this yes. is the telephone cord from the receiver to the box. I know that a lot of people listening to this won't know what that is, <laughs> um, but I just want to guarantee you that that cable is strong enough to oh, hold yeah. a witch. I don't know if you've ever been clotheslined by one of those things, but you know, you would get this really long cord and it would go from like your kitchen to every room in your house yeah. so you could get privacy. And if somebody had that stretched across the room and you didn't know and you walked right into it, on the ground. Yeah. So yes, um that that movie number two that takes us to nineteen seventy eight. I don't really like scary movies, but I'm gonna say that I like this one. A lot. Yeah, I really dug these. The whole series is I actually really enjoy. It's comical and yeah. it's, it can be a little scary at times. It's, but it's very not campy. Like over... It's it's almost like the goosebump type shows that were the from the nineties, but a little more adult. Yeah, yeah, sort of like they did with iCarly. Like you have the original iCarly, and it's like that's definitely for kids. And like the new iCarly, it's like oh, it's for those kids when they grew up. Because there's like sex and never seen an episode of iCarly, and it's probably <gasps> on the, the name. next episode we will be talking about. No, I mean, does it have something to do with an iPhone? Why is it iCarly? Because she has an internet show, and it was back in those days when iPhone oh, was new. See, I, I wouldn't know. I have an Android. You know. <laughs> Did you have you see that meme that said there's nothing more stubborn than an Android user that will <laughs> switch to an iPhone? I believe it's the same way. It's vice versa. Right? It's visa versa. It's like the great, it's it's like the next great battle. The sharks and the jets 
the Androids and the iPhones. Anyway, that. what do you think Rotten Tomatoes on this movie? On this one particularly, I'm going to say um, 90, no, 87. I feel like it got good reviews. I feel like people liked it. 87 for critics, and we'll say audience is 91. 84 critics, right. audience, 62. <gasps> no, Isn't really? crazy? It's Dean, I'm so telling you. It's that watch angry. it. Yeah. Watch it and tell us, are you a Rotten Tomatoes audience or do you agree with me and Jeremy? Is it Dina's fault or is it Dina's fault? Shoot us an email and let me know what you think. Yes. WWN at watermarkonline.com. But until then, the can has been recanned and we'll be back with the cork next week. <laughs>